All right, good morning and welcome again to Cornerstone. I'm Pastor Brian Foreman. For those of you that are watching online, we wanna welcome you as well. Encourage everyone, whether you're here or watching online or listening later, to check in. If you're here inside your growth guide, there is a check-in card. And if you're listening or watching now or later online, you can go into our app or you can text the word here to our church number, 603-225-2550. So, how are you guys doing today? Good, good. I love having air conditioning in here. They were, I mean, it's, I know it's August and the, the, the heat of the, of the summer is winding down, but I'm very thankful for it nevertheless, aren't you? Um, uh, so we are in this series called Praxis Go. Uh, let's talk about the two aspects of that. Praxis, as you know, is our course of action. These are the things that we regularly do as followers of Jesus, uh, rhythms of grace. And then the go side of things, which we're focusing on now, is part of the pattern that we're following, uh, following in Jesus' footsteps. Uh, know God, grow together, go make a difference. The first Praxis series was all about knowing, about how we commune with God and the different practices, habits that we have that are related to that. And in this one, obviously, we are focusing on the practices of going. And you might recognize this guy. What, uh, what am I doing there? I was giving you, right, the whole message in one, uh, one movement. Uh, so I'm not going to ask you to do this for a long period of time, uncomfortably so, like I did last week. But uh, just, just do this once. And what we said is these are open hands. What allows that? That's a position of surrender. And it's also, you can put your hands down. It's also a position that allows God to put stuff into your hands, but also for him to take it out. And we are focusing on this next step, the next step of serving, because God has placed in your hands something, not so that you can grasp onto it, so that you can hold on to it, so that you can keep it for yourself, but he places things in our hands often so that we can give them away in service to others. And so that is the habit or practice that we're talking about. Our next step is to serve on a team at least monthly, that there's some place of service here at Cornerstone among your church family, some role that you can play where you can benefit others by what God has placed in your hands. Sometimes it might be a gifting, it might be time, it might be a talent, but whatever God has placed in your hands, we turn around and we offer it to one another in service. Uh, but there's another aspect to that as well. And it hint, it's hinted at in Galatians chapter 6, verse 10. Um, look at what it says. Therefore, whenever, everybody say whenever. Yeah. Oh, you're such good, my introverts really doing good today. Uh, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to, and what's this word? It's not in green, but everyone, whenever, to everyone, but especially to those in the family of faith. Now, uh, if you think about what this says, what this is telling us is that um, we have the, we're going to have opportunities as we go through our day to do good to others. But we have an, a special responsibility to our brothers and sisters 
in Christ. It's just like in our natural family, you know, I, I'm happy to serve others and do things for others, but, but Sue Ellen and my children are, are going to have the priority in my time, in my resources, in my attention, because they're family, right? And in the same way, among the family of God, when we have opportunity to do good, there's, we, we have, you get a, a little notch up because you're in the family of God. So we do good to everyone, but especially to those who are in the family of faith. But what this is also saying is that while there is a, a special priority on the people in the family of faith, and that's why that, that practice is serving within our family and among our church family. But it also says whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone. So there's prioritizing and serving within the church, but part of our calling and our opportunity and our responsibility is to do good, serve others everywhere as often as we have opportunity. So thinking about this and leading up to this next practice that we're going to talk about, um, here is the question. What keeps us from doing as much good as we could? In other words, what keeps us from taking what God has placed in our hands and just spreading it wider and having a bigger impact and, uh, and that everyone everywhere kind of mindset? There are actually... Some, some ways that we are limiting ourselves, whether we realize it or not. And as a result, we're not fulfilling our purpose and calling to the extent that we could. I'm, uh, I often think about, and not just for our church, but for the church of Jesus Christ as a whole, if, if we were just kind of uh, had to go underground or wiped off the map or the rapture happens and we're all gone and that interpretation is right and actually people are left behind, what, then what would happen? Would we be missed? Are we doing so much good and impacting our communities and our neighborhoods and our workplaces so incredibly that it would be tragic to the world if we were lost? Or... But things go pretty much just kind of keep on going as normal. What kind of impact are we having? And I'm afraid, I'm concerned that the, the result would be much more like the former, uh, uh, the latter than the former. The, you know, we're not having the impact that we could. So, so, so it got me thinking about, well, why, why is that? And there, there are reasons. There are reasons. And that's what we're going to talk about today. This is part two of Praxis Go. And the title is Blessed Assumption. You've heard of Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine. This is Blessed Assumption. And today we're going to be talking about our blessings. Now, blessings is kind of a churchy word that we throw around sometimes. But what does it mean? It basically means doing good for someone else. It means benefiting someone else. If you are blessed, then you have received benefits. If you bless someone, then you are doing good to them. You can bless someone. It's much more than just at you, God bless you. You know, it's saying words that are going to positively impact a person. It's doing stuff that meets needs. So that's what we're talking about. We're talking about blessings. And if, uh, and this is kind of a two-parter. So we're going to talk about this a little bit this week and a little bit next week. 
but, but there's one thing that I want you to remember, and this is something that I heard uh, for the first time in this phrasing way back when I was in college, and it has stuck with me. It has stuck with Sue Ellen and me for this whole uh, whole time, and it is kind of like a guiding principle that we're always thinking about, and I want that for you as well. And it's the bottom line for today, and this is what it is. You, we, are blessed to be a blessing. You see, the reason that God places some things in your hands is so that you can give them away. You have been blessed in order to be a blessing. So what are the reasons why we don't, make, we don't do as much good as we, as we could? Why is it sometimes that God places things in our hands or gives us experiences or gives us ways that we could leverage them for the benefit of others and for the advancement of his kingdom, but we don't do that? Uh, there are reasons, and that's the ones that we're going to talk about today. Number one, we misunderstand the purpose of our blessings. Number two, we don't think that we're blessed. We don't, we don't see what we have in our hands. And then lastly, we're overwhelmed by the needs. We, we basically don't know where to start. But I'm going to give you a place to start. And this is going to be the challenge at the end of today's message, to take something you've received and use it to benefit someone else. I want to look at three scriptures today that will kind of set the stage for this. We'll start in the very beginning, the very good place to start, Genesis chapter 12, the uh, first three verses. And this is where the phrase, blessed to be a blessing, came from. It comes from the call of Abraham, or at this time he's still called Abram. And it's from the voice, the, the mouth of the Lord. This is what it says, just three verses. The Lord said to Abram, Leave your native country, your relatives, your father's family, and go to the land I will show you. There's, there's a whole message in there as well about sometimes you have to leave where you are to go to where God will show you in order to be a blessing. Verse 2, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. Second passage, Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, beginning at verse 13. Then someone called from the crowd, teacher. This is Jesus teaching uh, and people are asking the question. Teacher, please tell my brother to divide our father's estate with me. Jesus replied, friend, who made me a judge over you to decide such things as that? Then he said, beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. Then he told them a story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. He said to himself, what should I do? I don't have room for all my crops. Then he said, I know, I'll tear down the, my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. And I'll sit back and say to myself, friend, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, you will die this very night. Then who will get everything you worked for? 
Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. And then lastly, a couple of verses from 2 Corinthians, Apostle Paul writing to the Corinthian church in the introduction, uh, start of the letter. This is what it says, verse three to seven. All praise to God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. For the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. Even when we are weighed down with troubles, it is for your comfort and salvation. For when we ourselves are comforted, we will certainly comfort you. Then you can patiently endure the same things we suffered. We are confident that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in the comfort God gives us. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I pray that as we look at your word and as we talk about this today, that beginning with me, but extending to all of us, that you will show us the ways that you have blessed us and the ways that you want to use those blessings to not only benefit us, but to bless, to benefit, to do good to those around us. Give each one of us a specific way, a specific thing, a specific task that we can do to take something you have given us and to turn it around and use it to bless others. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so what's the one thing you're gonna remember throughout all of this? We are blessed to be a blessing. But one of the reasons that we don't live this out to the extent that we could is that we misunderstand the purpose of our blessings. Again, in, oh, I forgot to tell them that this is wrong. This is the wrong reference. It's actually Genesis chapter 12, verse two. It's right in your growth guides. Uh, God speaking to Abraham says, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, make your name great, and you will be a blessing to others. So I will bless you and you will be a blessing to others. It's kind of like a cause and effect thing. And so when we are blessed, see, everything belongs to God. God gives out of his abundance to us, but it's not only for us, it is also so that we can turn it around and bless others. But we misunderstand that sometimes. And I love the way uh, a certain preacher put it, called it the consumption assumption. The consumption assumption. And this is the misunderstanding that we have sometimes. This is in your, in your growth guide, so you'll want to write this down. The consumption assumption is this. It's the assumption that it's all for my consumption. That everything, that uh, the all what? All everything. That everything that God places in our hands, everything that he gives us, it's for me. It's to make my life better. It's to benefit me. It's only for me. Don't share. That's the assumption, all right? That's the consumption assumption. And we can see this in this passage in Luke, the story that Jesus told about the man who had this bumper crop and didn't know what to do with it. Look at, look, focus in on this, verse 19. 
uh, this guy really liked to talk to himself. Did you notice this? He talked to himself a lot. Uh, and he's very friendly. He's on good terms with himself. Uh, he says to himself, my friend, you have enough. Enough what? Enough more for you. You have enough for you. In fact, you have more than enough. You have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. Eat. Who's he talking about feeding? Himself. Drink. Who's he talking about giving something to drink? Himself. Who's he talking about making happy? All this stuff is for me to make me happy. He's talking about himself. He lives under that consumption assumption. But it's a misunderstanding because in the very next verse, this is what God says to him, you fool, you will die this very night. Then who, then the key question, who will get everything you've worked for? In other words, you're going to give it all away at the end of the story, no matter what, right? Right? Uh, nothing that you get that comes into your hands do you get to keep forever. No matter how many barns you build, no matter how tightly you hold onto something, eventually your grip is going to loosen. So you might as well get credit for it. Give it while you're living so you know where it's going, right? And so that's what he's saying. Look, that this whole idea of, of grasping on and holding onto it, it's really not going to work. Eventually, you're going to have to let it all go. And then the summary statement that Jesus gives is this. That's how it is with the one who stores up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. Rich towards God. How, how, how could he have been rich towards God? Think about that. So, we are blessed to be a blessing. That's the bottom line. I want you to remember, I want that to just like turn over and over again in your head. Every time you get a blessing, you realize, yes, it, it's going to meet my needs. Uh, it's been given to me, but I have a stewardship of those blessings as well. So now we've overcome this misunderstanding of the purpose of our blessings. We get that we are blessed to be a blessing. But what if you don't think that you're blessed? I mean, maybe this is a message for other people. This is a message for people who have lots, who have extra, who have the bumper crops, who don't know what to do with all their stuff and all their money. And you may not feel like you are that person. So what do you do if you're not, if you don't think that you're blessed? It calls for a change of perspective. But uh, because sometimes you don't feel like you're blessed and there's some reality behind that. There's, there are things that are going on in your life. You don't feel like you have margin. You don't feel like you have extra to give. You're struggling to pay your bills or whatever the case may be. And you, you just don't have time. You have talents, but you just don't have the time to give it away. Or, or for some of us, it's you're just going through a difficult time and you're just keeping, barely keeping your head above the water focusing on yourself. So what do you do in a situation like that? Many of you probably can relate to this. I, I, I'm a dad and I like jokes. I tell jokes sometimes. So I guess that means they are dad jokes, but I think they're really funny. Uh, so I ran across this and uh, let me see if you can relate to this. And uh, if you're doing the switching back there, just put this full screen for people at home. Uh, thank you, Ray. I stole this from you. Uh, so just read that and let it sink in. I, I didn't even get groans. 
<laughs> I was expecting at least groans, okay? It, it, it's a picture of a parking lot, and the text says, just wanted to let everybody know, I'm going through a lot right now. Some of you can relate to that. You're like, I, I'm going through a lot right now. I, I don't have anything to give. So, so let's, let's change this from what is the consumption assumption to the blessed, blessed assumption. Here's the blessed assumption, and I'll back this up from the scripture in just a second. The assumption, this is the blessed assumption, that, and this is what I want us all to have, that everything I get or go through can be used to benefit me and bless others. It's the assumption that everything I get or go through can be used to benefit me and bless others. So even those things that you don't think of as necessary, necessarily as blessings, God can use those to benefit you and to bless others. Where do I get that? Well, let's start with one of the most famous passages, and there's a reason why it's a very beloved verse, Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things, God works, how many things? All things. God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Now, I always like to point out that this does not say that everything that happens to you is good, because that is very apparently, very obviously not the case. But I love this. What this, what this is saying is God's power and his sovereignty is so great and so amazing that he can take the evil things, the bad things, the things that you would have avoided if you could have that have come into your life, and he can jujitsu them back into good for you and to benefit those around you. So you might not think, I have not been blessed. Nobody who's blessed goes through what I, nobody who's blessed is facing what I'm facing. But God's power, for those of you that know him, loved, called according to purpose, what does that mean? It just means you're a follower of Jesus. You've been adopted into his family. You're a citizen in his kingdom. It means that he can use those things that you absolutely would have avoided if you could have for your benefit and to benefit others as well. You don't think you're blessed because of, but, but God has worked it, is able to work it so that those things that weren't blessings can be blessings in some form or fashion for you and for those around you. And you want a example of that? Well, that was the passage in 2 Corinthians. Paul, who talks about the, all the different various persecutions that he had gone through and recognizing that the Corinthian church was facing some of these same things, he says, God, he, that's the he, comforts us in all our troubles. In other words, as we go through stuff, if you're going through a lot right now, God is with you and he is giving you comfort and strengthening you and he's watching out for you. And wh why does he bless you? Why does he put stuff so that you can turn it around and bless others? And this is what we see happening here. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. You see the blessed assumption in that? When they, the people around us, are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. In other words, 
I got, I need help, Lord. I'm going through a lot right now. I need your help. And God pours his comfort into our lives to overflowing so that we in turn are able to comfort those around us who are going through the same kinds of things. God is, even in those things that you don't like and that aren't preferable and that are painful and even evil, God is so powerful and so sovereign that he can use those to turn them around to bless you and to benefit those around you. You're more blessed than you realize. And another way that you are more blessed than you realize is in our stuff. And I just want to share this verse with you because it really helped me to get a, a perspective on how thankful I should be and how blessed I am. Because we are always comparing ourselves to others. You know, you, you look at your phone and you see somebody else that has a newer version of that phone. You uh, are driving your car and it, you know, the engine light comes on. I haven't experienced that personally, but I've heard tell that happens to people. And, and, and the engine light comes on and you're thinking, ah. And you see somebody else who's driving a brand new car and you, you're, you compare and contrast, you know, your life with others and it can throw your sense of gratitude off kilter. I mean, uh, many of us have taken a perfectly good usable phone to a store, turned it in and traded more money for another perfectly good usable phone. Some of us have done that with cars. Some of us even have houses for our cars. Our cars live in a house. It, it, that's pretty amazing, isn't it? We, we have so much more than we realize. And this verse helped me to kind of get a perspective on that. It's from 1 Timothy chapter 6. Uh, True godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. Now in this, this is, the Paul, this is Paul talking to his apprentice, Timothy, and he's saying, you know, there are some people that are doing what we're doing in it for the money to get rich. Uh, that's not a good idea. It's a bad idea. It's not going to work. But, but you can be truly rich, rich in a way, like rich towards God, like Jesus was talking about. Uh, and one of the ways you can do that is when you have godliness with contentment. And then he says something that's pretty amazing. So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. In other words, uh, your basic needs, if they are met, you're, you're doing better than some people. And this is all that you need in order to be content. So this redefined for me my definition of wealth and wealthy. Because anything beyond our needs, and sometimes our needs, our, our sense of what we need is kind of thrown off kilter as well because of the, way, the place and time that we live in. But, but anything above, above and beyond our needs, and we, by needs we mean needs, then that's our wealth. That's our extra. We're, we're wealthy. You know, so, is, so is we, uh, do we have enough food? You know, the, look, you know we, we got enough food. Uh, do we have clothing? Yeah. I mean, as I look around, there's no naked people. Uh, you know, on, online, maybe, maybe you're still in your pajamas. If you're listening to the podcast, all bets are off. Some people are taking showers and all that. But, but generally speaking, we have enough food and we're, we've got, we're clothed. We're taken care of. 
and anything beyond that. We are blessed. I mean, someday you're going to run out, uh, uh, you're going to run out of time before you run out of possessions. Life does not consist in the abundance of your possessions, Jesus said. You're going to run out of time before you run out of possessions and somebody's going to go spend days, maybe weeks, going through your stuff. The abundance of your life does not consist in the abundance of your stuff. So we, we are blessed. And you, what's the purpose? You've been blessed to be a blessing. Why, what keeps us from, under, we, we misunderstand the purpose of our blessings. Hopefully we've figured that out. Or we don't think we're blessed. We're blessed beyond what we, what we can even imagine. But what's, the, what's another reason that we don't do as much good as possible? We're overwhelmed by the needs. In other words, all you have to do is turn on, turn on your local news and you can be overwhelmed by the amount of needs, the things that need to be done, the suffering that is happening. So what do you do in a situation like that? And that is what we're going to be talking about next week. Next week. So let's, let's, let's land this plane. Let's kind of bring it to a closure. And I'm going to give you a specific actionable step, something that you can do with what you have heard today to put it into practice so that your life is better and you are better at life. You now have the right perspective. You understand the purpose of your blessings. And, and one of the things that we're going to do is we're going to prove Jesus' words. You're going to get a chance to either prove or disprove what Jesus said when he said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Some of us don't think we're blessed uh, and so we're holding on to everything with a scarcity mentality but the thing that is actually keeping us from being and feeling blessed is not recognizing it and then giving something away. And, and you're going to be more blessed by giving something away than holding on to and grasping on to and gaining more stuff. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about it. Remember I prayed that God would specifically show you something. Take something you've received. It might be a thing. It might be resources like money. It might be your time. It might be a talent, a way that you can serve others. But you're going to take something that you have received and use it to benefit another. Just do one thing between now and when we get together next week. Take something you've received and use it to benefit another. That is going to be your next step. It's going to be your next step for this week. But I also want to point out and call to your attention the most critical blessing. Back in Genesis chapter 12, God said to Abram, I'm going to bless you. Chapters 1 through 11 of Genesis are just this downward spiral of the world. And in Genesis chapter 12, we turn the page and God says, okay, enough. We're going to start setting this right. And he calls Abraham and says, I'm going to make you a blessing to all the nations. And what was the ultimate result of that? It was, of course, Jesus, that Jesus came. And, and Paul, the apostle, talks about this in Galatians when he says, God proclaimed this good news. What's good news? That's, that's gospel. That's the story of Jesus, who he is. He is God, fully God and fully man. What he did, he went to the cross, died on the cross for our sins, 
what it means for us, that we can put our faith in Jesus and as a result be forgiven of our sins and given new life as we receive him, not only as Savior, but also as Lord. He says, this story, this good news was proclaimed to Abraham long ago. You know, like, I don't remember that story in Genesis. No, no, it was, it was there. When, when God said, all the nations of the world will be blessed through you, that's what he was talking about. The scriptures looked forward to this time now when God would make the Gentiles, not just a special people, but all the people, right in his sight because of their faith. So the first next step that you need to take, if you haven't already, is saying yes to Jesus. Receive that blessing that only he can give and let him forgive your past and write a new ending to your story. Say yes to Jesus. So today we've talked about blessings. You understand now, we are blessed to be a blessing. We might have misunderstood it in the past, but now you understand the purpose of God's blessings and you understand that you are more blessed than you thought. And next week, we'll talk about how to make a difference without being overwhelmed by the needs. So take something you've received, use it to benefit another before we come together next week. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the blessing of Jesus that you have given us forgiveness for the past, a clean slate before you that we can stand before you with a clear conscience because of what Christ did on the cross. That you have blessed us even in the things that didn't seem like blessings at, its, at the time. That you have given us more than what we need in order so that we might do more for those in need around us. So Lord, I pray that you would show me and everyone watching, everyone listening, everyone here, what good you want to do through us, through the blessings that you have given us. We pray this in Jesus' name and everyone said, amen. Amen. Have a great week.